Hello and welcome to the Indian Dream podcast, co-hosted by Sahil and Siddharth. On this show, we highlight the journeys of successful entrepreneurs who've built profitable businesses and attempt to learn more about what it takes to build one. Each week, Sahil and I will interview one such entrepreneur and learn something unique from their journey. Welcome to the MicroSaaS Week at the Indian Dream podcast. We're going to explore this upcoming trend of MicroSaaS and talk to a few people who've built MicroSaaS businesses. What is MicroSaaS, you ask? SaaS is a business that sells software as a service and follows a subscription business model, hence recurring revenue. Over the last 10-15 years, we've seen some huge organizations being built in the SaaS industry. Salesforce.com, HubSpot in the US, Freshdesk, Zoho in India are all examples of giant SaaS companies with revenues in hundreds of millions of dollars and in some cases even billions of dollars. MicroSaaS, on the other hand, is about focusing on a small niche and building a software to serve their needs. A small addressable market, but has enough opportunities for you to build a high margin, low risk business that can be built by solo entrepreneurs or with small teams. To know more about MicroSaaS, check out our Trends newsletter that is linked in the show notes. Over the last few years, entrepreneurs across the globe have built MicroSaaS businesses with revenues in millions of dollars. We have a story of someone who did just that sitting out of India. Gaurav Sharma has a strong bias for action. You'll always find him building something on the internet. Most of his adult life has been spent building different kinds of technology products. In college, he built Winex, a virtual stock market software. This spread like wildfire across different colleges and at one point had 2 lakh users on the product. This software led to a job at an investment bank that Gaurav ended up quitting fairly quickly. At that point, our man had decided that he was going to choose the entrepreneurship route and go build technology products. After experimenting with a few products, he built an analytics tool for Pinterest and coined the term Pinfluence. It's also an urban dictionary now, by the way. This went viral, literally overnight, because a few big media houses covered the app. The global media attention resulted in an attractive offer from a startup studio in Los Angeles called Science Inc. Gaurav then moved to Los Angeles and worked at Science Inc. He lived the good, sunny LA life, building another business that would scale to millions of dollars in revenue and would eventually be sold to New York Times. In 2015, the urge to start up again grew stronger and this time, he moved back to India to build here. Since then, he's built JustCall.io, a cloud phone system that allows you to monitor and log all the calls that your sales and services teams are performing. Over the last few years, he's used his experience to scale this to $5 million in annual recurring revenue. He has also launched Helpwise, a shared inbox for all customer conversations across different platforms. He's also set up SaaS Labs, a studio similar to ScienceInc where he builds and invests in other SaaS companies. All of this while being bootstrapped. What a fascinating journey. This is a two-part episode. In the first part, we cover Gaurav's journey of coming back to India and then building JustCall and Helpwise. In the second part, we go deep into the 20-point microSaaS playbook that Gaurav has created. With that, let's jump into part one. Thank you so much for joining us, Gaurav. Also, Alexander Cruz is is what I've heard. You'll have to tell us the story behind that. For our listeners, Gaurav has had a very, very interesting journey in the SaaS world. And, and we're going to dip right in to understand his decision to move from the US, uh, leading an agency in LA, uh, doing good work there, leaving all of that, coming back to India. What was the thought process back then to come back to India? And what did you do after that? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me. So, so the company I was running in US, uh, so I started it more like a tech company. 
but the kind of business that we got into, I mean, it started becoming an agency, sort of a business model. That was one of the reasons for me not feeling uh, happy enough about the daily uh, routine there. By default, I'm a very techie slash geeky person who loves to build products. So so that part of it uh, stopped. Although I was making like uh, really good money, having a great life in uh, Santa Monica, three blocks away from the beach. So definitely was a difficult decision. But after a certain point, uh, I just decided I have to get into get back into the tech. I thought that back in India, I mean, uh, if I can make like two three thousand dollars, I mean, I I made some money in US, so I had some bank balance, obviously. But if I can go back and start making uh, two three four thousand dollars a month, I mean, I'll still have a great life. So that was like sort of a backup plan I thought about. Plus, I was getting ma- married to a doctor, so that was also a kind of insurance policy for me that there won't be a problem for uh, getting three three time meals. When you're talking about that Santa Monica life with the kind of money that you were making, mm-hmm. it's not an easy decision to just leave that and come back. I think this is also as a person. I think you chase that creative outlet in terms mm-hmm. of building the products way more than the sole aspect of earning money. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, that's what brought you back. Okay, so you you came back, and by then you've obviously had a lot of experiences building businesses, uh, exiting a couple of them, also also running an agency in LA. What was the plan like? Was the plan always I'm going to get into micro SaaS? Even till 2015, 16, also I was not thinking that big. So I come from a very uh, middle class sort of family. So my dad was in Air Force, and back then there was the salaries were still pretty low. So for for guy like me uh, who has gone spent like almost 25, 22, 3 years in that income sort of bracket, uh, getting that US break sort of itself was a dream come true, right? So it, it was something like, okay, I've seen the best in the world, so I can easily sort of sustain with two $3,000 a month or something. So, so that was my mindset till then. I mean, building huge scale businesses was never the idea. I mean, the idea was to have a great life uh, and uh, have some peace in life, basically. So that was the idea. Uh, even after coming back to India, so I started building uh, products myself and I so I started uh, doing everything myself, like and and the products were sort of making about $200,000 to $300,000 a year. So when you came back and you started doing solopreneurship, you started building these products. These were, from what I read, it was a lot of products for the Etsy platform, right? Sure. So uh, so I figured out one easy way to crack that. So before even before moving back to India, I, I was obviously on, on the weekends, I was playing with a lot of ideas, building a lot of tiny stuff here and there. But I figured out a sort of tiny sort of playbook on building something that can make money pretty quickly. So that was to, you know, run after a good uh, community and build for that. So I, I just want to hang out where some commerce is happening and just build for that. Because uh, let's say Shopify or uh, Etsy, there are like millions of sellers there. Out of that, if we, if I can sell something to those 10,000 people on a recurring basis at a $5 sort of thing, I'll be making a bank there, right? So that sort of playbook became pretty clear for me and that sort of became a roadmap for me for next couple of years. And that sort of answers your first question. I mean, how I sort of decided to you know move back. I mean, that sort of gave me a confidence. So when I was in US itself, I think I started already started making like a few hundred dollars or something on the side. Just uh, the product was on, on the autopilot. Catching that community and building for that community is a pretty good hack. Completely agreed. And I think what's also happening now is people are also going out and starting to build their unique niche communities and then saying then and I'll go I'll go mm-hmm. build a product for that 
we have a separate newsletter for that where we where we talk about how audience first products are are happening now but moving moving back to you know you did a bunch of tools on Etsy the concept of SaaS labs that was bringing the science in concept that you had that you experienced in LA right where it was an incubation um, for SaaS companies of sorts where you were investing building them yourself uh, that, uh, what's the genesis of SaaS labs yeah so while in LA in uh building this business under science uh, INC, uh, I saw a couple of great successes coming out of that. So, so firstly, what's, what, what was the science model? So science was basically a startup studio where they used to come up with uh, different ideas around e-commerce and B2C sort of products. And uh, they used to put in li- little money. Central teams will build the product and launch it. If it gets traction, they'll just spin it out as a, uh, as a new company and raise funds for that. So that was a model, a studio model. You know, so a lot of products got killed. A lot of product came out as a pretty good successes. So to talk about successes, I mean, they were like Dollar Shave Club, which was like a billion dollar exit. Dog VK, which was like a six hundred million dollar exit. Then my company was also uh, sold to New York Times as a good sort of prize and everything. So I really loved the model. And another thing that I thought was that uh, India, being in India, sort of gives you a great trade advantage in terms of can get products built pretty quickly and at a fraction of a cost. And while building uh, tiny products uh, after moving to India, I already saw that, yes, I mean, if a single person can uh, build products which can make like $200,000 or $300,000 a year, why can't I just repeat this playbook? Why can't I just hire people and uh, build like 20 products, right? So that was the first basic idea of SaaS Labs. But I don't know, some somewhere during... Uh, probably some drinks during the weekend someone actually i don't know told me or something sort of hit me that guy told me that hey why are you after such small successes where your experience can take you sort of places that sort of thing hit me big time i took a break from that those tiny projects thought about what i can do and then the SaaS lab thesis were written so the thesis basically was firstly to make a huge huge business and ipoable business actually and second was the thesis was basically, so every small business going to move to cloud. Every small business will be using some sort of automation and every business going forward will have some sort of remote work. So that was the thesis. And so that's what I mingled that with studio model, put in about, uh, I, I think I, I invested, I think in first year about $100,000 to 150K. And was this, what was this investment in? Is Was this just the team that was building the products? Yeah, it was mostly hiring and similar sort of expenses like servers and all that so the normal expenses that period of of starting SaaS labs and then getting to just call which is which is where you hit it really big yeah what was that journey did you try out a bunch of other products before this uh yeah so so actually just call came out from one of our problems running a, another product so so yeah so we uh so because i had money i i what i did and i talked to a lot of entrepreneurs in these days as well about that that mistake I made. So that was like, I immediately hired like 20 odd people and started building a lot of products, tiny, tiny products, right? And so one of the products was also kind of picking up. And uh, so one of my salesperson told me that, hey, if you can get me a US number, I can make a killing. I got him a Skype phone number. And after three months, I I didn't see any killing happening there. I didn't see any jump in the revenues, nothing like that. So I asked him like, hey, what's what, what's up? He told me that I'm making calls and everything, but I don't know what's wrong. So on a weekend, uh, me along with a couple of engineers hacked around and built a very tiny sort of small tool where I can listen to the calls. I can listen to recordings. I can listen to the calls in the real time and just gave it to the salesperson. 
and within a couple of weeks we realized that okay i mean i think businesses will have some sort of requirement for this product at least small businesses by that time i didn't have any idea if there is a ring central in the market or not so we just yeah so we just launched just call on 2nd uh, december 2016 on product hunt so yeah from there we started but the i made a uh, mistake there so our positioning was very wrong that time so we launched just call as a, a business for exporters to you know have a international look for their business so it was like so we started reaching out to carpet exporters and jewelry exporters like hey get a canadian number us number belgium number from us and put it on your website you will look international so that was like a really bad positioning that we did and we made like and we were selling it for like 9 dollars a month so we so for next 3 months we did probably two sales or three sales or something like that the the break that we got was from a one of our us customers who somehow found us on 20th page of google while searching for something so he was flying to thailand for his honeymoon and he got he sent me an email that hey where are you guys based out of so i was like obviously new delhi so he said i'll be coming to you guys i'll be seeing you so i'm on the honeymoon in thailand wow. and he actually came he actually came to our office uh, with his wife offered me some money to invest in the company i sort of obviously said no to that but he gave me like two amazing feedback or ideas that sort of changed the game for us one was that why don't you sell it like a software for sales and support teams why are you selling it for like exporters okay so that made sense because his team was using his sales team was using just call and he was like our biggest enterprise customer i could say at that time paying us 30 dollars a month so okay so that made sense second was like hey i use pipe drive as a crm for my team so why don't you integrate and put the calls automatically there so i said yes 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 during that meeting but after he went back i didn't know what crm is i didn't know what pipe drive is i so me and my team sort of started searching what pipe drive is what 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 is what is a crm and then we obviously figured out what what it is and we built the integration and went live on the product marketplace on the pipe drive and all of a sudden our our april became like a thousand dollar a month i mean we just got like 20 odd customers and uh, you know everyone paying like 50 dollars or 60 dollars sort of thing and we also sort of increase our prices and all of a sudden thousand dollar in april and two thousand dollars next month four thousand eleven thousand so it just picked up from there so we doubled down on integrations made like 50 integrations and fast forward uh last month we crossed five million arr that's a fantastic story and and one of the things that i wanted to talk to you about was the whole process of what are you like when you're trying to discover a new idea what do you do in the break period right and one of the things that's standing out for me is that bias of action that you have as a value it's so strong in the sense that you are always up to something you're always building something right uh, be it for the etsy people be it for the, the other apps that you were building before just call you are on the lookout for a problem that you want to fix and you you solve it through automation yeah. right like that that fi- fundamental value that you live um, and sort of build your businesses by is very very inspiring and i think that's that's the core of it right like no going in nobody knows you didn't know just call was going to be this you know thing that needs to be for sales and support teams and can scale to 5 million arr you figured it out in the journey yeah. i think that's that's where a lot of entrepreneurs sort of get stuck is when they f- see the final product of just call and think that hey you know what like this guy had it figured out they knew the problem and they built a fantastic product and they got here i don't i don't have that information how do i start most of the times it's not about that as long as you can keep your ears and eyes open and understand your customer needs b2b saas is 
is not rocket science if you can figure that out yeah absolutely tell me some more of the inflection points with mm-hmm. just call right like it started from a $1000 to a $5 million journey i'm sure there are a bunch of other inflection points where there is something interesting that you that you might have tried so we used to be only a phone phone call uh, provide i mean phone call sort of system phone system only like calling system and we were not really such a big believers of sms as such but so we were talking to a customer from australia who was, was talking about his business and everything and we were trying to understand how he runs his business and everything like that and he told us that hey why don't you guys add sms functionality to your uh, platform in the early days i mean we used to build a lot of things pretty quickly i mean on the feedback obviously so so yeah so quickly we built that and launched it super uh, in, in i think a week or two something like a basic sms functionality and it just picked up like insane i mean uh, we we launched sms so i think 2 years after we launched our product and sms i mean i think last to last month sms already crossed the number of calls happening on just call so i think we crossed uh, more than 20 million smss happening on just call so that was a big uh, big big uh, sort of game changer for us and also that provided us a great differentiator among other sort of competitors that that we have i think another one here is another one here is so when we started providing 24 hour support to our customers so that was again a great story so we got a one of our biggest customers ever he was i think it was like 2017 end or something so we got like a 1500 dollars a month sort of customer it was again like we only five six people in the team so so what i used to do was obviously us customer so i used to put an alarm for every 2 hours for the night and i used to wake up like every after every 2 hours to to see if the customer has sent any sort of mail or anything chat like any if he's facing any problem because he's a big customer right so i did that for almost 2 uh, or 3 months eventually we lost that customer because obviously product was not ready and he was too early for us uh, in terms of size but then we took a decision there we went ahead and hired someone from philippines to handle our night chat support and that changed the game for us why because she sort of also started converting the incoming leads into demos for us so from there we saw amazing sort of growth in our numbers uh, amazing improvement in our customer satisfaction our reviews so that was a brilliant game changer for us and we seriously thank ourselves for doing that and thank god that we got that idea to you know hire someone from philippines because for a team of 5 6 people in an office i can't call someone to you know sit in the office in the night and do a night support for me so yeah so i think that's kind of steps i mean entrepreneur has to take even if it looks impossible to in in the first go i i think the other thing that i was reading about that i was i was very impressed by was how you figured out the distribution model for this right i think that's the other place where a lot of people get stuck is i've built something i've built something interesting but if you haven't really built it for an existing community or an existing following that you have it's very crucial to figure out distribution because i'm sure there are great products that go die because they won't distribute it properly right and uh, what's your insight onto that how did you land up onto your current distribution model this is the kind of problem i see with most of the entrepreneurs that come to me for funding and uh, everything i mean they are pretty much fixated on their products and uh, they don't talk think about distribution at all and but but, but distribution is everything like it's 95% is distribution 5% is product my f- fan following for the the whole concept of distribution is actually from the companies in india like itc or you know i mean all these companies i mean whatever happens in india you will still get those tambaku and bd and cigarette everywhere whatever happens because of the dis- distribution channels are set that should also be the case for your product and if you have distribution you can easily build multiple products and put that product into the distribution channel and things will 
sell automatically so so that that's been always my first priority in saas lab so whenever whenever we planning a product or building a product we first start with distribution and then sort of think about any other things for example in case of just call our distribution was basically our integrations and after that great partnerships and relationship with the people who are handling integrations on those partner networks for example uh, let's say hubspot or uh, pipe drive so we are really good friends with people who are running the show there right so it's end of the day it's all a human game right i mean you human to human sort of interaction so we are great friends with them and because of that we get great sort of uh, co marketing opportunities and we keep on spreading the word not on the internet randomly but also across the users of our integrators right so so that's that's one then i used to be a super active blogger in my college and slash school days so from there i learned the the beauty of seo and i've seen many of the b2b entrepreneurs uh, don't sort of focus on seo at all i am a big fan of that and i sort of whatever company i invest in i just tell them that uh, fix your seo as soon as possible just to give an example how it worked really well for us when we launched our new product helpwise last year so before launching helpwise 3 months earlier to launch i mean we started working on the seo part of it the the kind of results we got was helpwise now ranks one for the main keyword for that industry which is like shared inbox uh, and that's a that's a free traffic that we get on an everyday basis that the free customer that we get on the everyday basis so by having this distribution channel uh, just call is getting 80% of the customers for without spending us a single dollar on ads wow i read somewhere that you describe yourself as as a business guy with a tech sort of inclination the the geekiness of of a tech guy uh, but with somebody who has the business brains and i think a lot of it can sort of co- comes out when you discuss about uh, distribution being 95% of it right because there are a lot of hardcore techies who who would believe that if i give a phenomenal product uh, that's my job and that's good enough right um and and that of that that theory often breaks in the markets where distribution is supremely important you've done this with just call you, as you said it's it's at 5 million dollar arr and now you're doing this again with helpwise uh, you started this a few months back and it's already a few hundred thousand dollars in arr what's the bigger play here from 2016 2016 itself uh, the idea was to create this quality business profitable and uh, growing which we can take public uh, probably 100 million dollar sort of uh, arr by 2025 is the goal and and the kind of action plan for that is the way facebook and all these b2c companies uh, sort of go for your mind share right i mean we are just planning to build products which can take the mind share during office hours what i mean by that is that if we can build products which certain set of job roles use on daily basis we can easily create a 100 million dollar sort of business and the kind of job roles i am targeting here are sort of cx role so support sales and customer success saas labs will be building a lot of products which these three roles will be using on a daily basis and will be selling it to around 50000 businesses around the world to reach that 100 million dollars by 2025 and hopefully become one of those start software start companies in india to go product companies in india to go public this has also led to you now becoming an angel investor right two things have led to that one because of your sheer experience in this industry and the second is that's the beauty of saas businesses high profit margins once you do this at scale so you have that cash flow to now go out and invest in company so 
what's it like to be an angel investor now being on the other side of the table how are you finding these companies how are you investing what's the thought process on on that firstly i'm pretty upfront on that that as soon as i i sort of wire the money i just start considering it as zero why i'm saying that is because i don't sort of expect any sort of returns from it it's just my way of getting into that ecosystem and being in touch with some great people uh, entrepreneurs out there so frankly i mean that's one of the main reasons second is uh, from saas labs perspective like uh, if saas labs is generating uh, good profits how can i partner with another company and help them sort of grow there are so many mistakes that i've made uh, in my last 10 years i just want to share that you know i mean i just want to share with entrepreneurs and you know help them do what i was trying to do and while make, making a lot of mistakes so it's a very mixed sort of feeling i mean mostly it's about just knowing that entrepreneur and just helping that person in uh, growing during the journey obviously you make some returns i mean i have made some exits but i just sort of reinvest that into the investment how i get most of the deals i get a lot of direct through email or uh, through linkedin but otherwise also i get a lot of uh, invites on angel list so yeah so those are two my sort of uh, deal flows normally what i look for startups when i'm investing is something i what i sort of look while building my own business so the market size and uh, probably obviously the entrepreneur before we end this and and i want to ask you this from a perspective of a micro size entrepreneur who's gone through this journey what's kind what what are some of the books or content or people that you follow on twitter have been very um key in sort of you developing this thought process and frameworks and and the mental models that you've developed sure uh, especially for the micro saas uh, entrepreneurs there's this book i mean so when i was scaling the saas labs and i was struggling in my first year on how to handle and how to delegate work when when you start hiring your first sort of few folks i i i read this book called uh, build to sell it talks about how to get an exit i mean that's that's fine but it also takes you through how to make your business ready for that and while doing so uh, you make your business so solid once once that's done you you go ahead and read like uh, build to last so that will make sure that you still have a great business oh that's fantastic that's fantastic though i love the way you put that yeah that, that's amazing okay before we end gora we need to know the story of alexander cruz tell us tell us who's alexander cruz Sure. So he was founder of many of my micro micro SaaS uh, companies, and so when I when I was moving uh, to India, I I wanted to try my thesis and my sort of model that hey, can I build a thousand dollar, two thousand dollar business by being nobody? So I created this character called Alexander Cruz. <laughs> He's a Spanish guy who studied in UK and SaaS SaaS entrepreneur or something like that. So I created a this character. and started running these small tiny products under his name and uh, just to see that without even using my network can i build something can anyone build something uh, if there is a playbook ready and that sort of worked really well i mean alexander cruz probably is a millionaire now <laughs> when did you switch back to gorav sharma cuz you i think you had a good run with alexander yeah i mean alexander made me a lot of money he got me my first sort of luxury car as well so but alexander's thing sort of ended when i got into this uh, when i started saas labs basically thank you so much for doing this gorav this was an amazing sort of opening up of how you built your companies uh, the kind of journey that you went through and the playbook you literally put out the playbook that helped you create this company and will hopefully help you create a, a lot of other companies also uh, thank you so much for doing this best of luck for everything that you do and happy to help in whatever way we can great it was great uh, thanks thanks a lot